It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very much appreciate you joining us here in Birmingham. Uh, we are live from the conference centre for the Conservative Party conference and uh, another big day expected ahead, particularly after that, well, screeching uh, U-turn yesterday on the 45p tax rate by uh, both Liz Truss, the Prime Minister, and the Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng. He gave his uh, speech to conference, talking about how there'd been a little turbulence on the markets. Mm, really? Uh, a little bit more than that. And it had been a tough day. Well, more tough days approach. This, of course, was supposed to be you know, the victory lap for the Prime Minister and her new Chancellor. But as it is, they are facing non-stop threats to their authority. As I say, this time, it's not over the 45p tax rate. Done and dusted. But by showing the rebel Tory MPs that, well, she, the lady is for turning, uh, she has made life rather difficult for herself. Now the demand is from many Tory MPs, including, we understand, within her own cabinet, uh, for her to basically stand by Boris Johnson's pledge to uplift uh, universal credit and other benefits by price inflation, that's around 10%, rather than by wage inflation of around 5%. Huge, huge cost to that, but can she politically afford not to do it? Well, I'll talk to lots of top guests about that throughout the morning. And delighted to say I'm joined by another top guest, political commentator and regular. Great to see you here in Birmingham, Ali Mirage. Good morning. Pleasure to be with you, Julie. Um, you are a long-term you know, Conservative. Uh, you, you also work in the city as well, so you've got some you know, interesting different hats on this. First of all, um, just going back to yesterday and the massive U-turn, um, which happened just you know, at midnight, for goodness sake, after the Prime Minister and Kwasi Kwarteng stood by their policy. The, first of all, was it right for the, for the Chancellor to have announced a, an, the abolition of the 45p tax rate in the first place, yes or no? Yes, it was right. right. No, 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 so, no, sorry. He should have never... He should have should never, never brought, brought it, it in. Brought it Once in. they brought it in, were they right to do a U-turn or do you think that has actually cut her authority so much that she's now facing more problems? I think they were right to do it, but it looks absolutely damaging and it's humiliating and it's not a U-turn, it's a handbrake turn on the Nuremberg ring. I mean, it's that bad. <laughs> and in terms of well, the, the difficulty she's going to face with rebel MPs, whether it's the Grant Shapps, the... The, uh, the, the, the Michael Goves, uh, the Damien Green and others who are talking about um, the other issues facing her. Huge big costs for the government of uplifting the millions and millions of benefit payments that go out 
over the next year by inflation or by wage inflation. I think, you know, price inflation or wage inflation, big issue there. Where do you stand on that? Well, I, I do think that uh, if you are uh, retaining the triple lock on pensions, where the pensions will go up by 2.5% average earnings or inflation, it makes it very difficult to then say that the people at the bottom of the income spectrum who are struggling on benefits, so you're not going to be offering something similar. So if she was going to act on the triple lock on pensions, then I would have said you could get away with actually something a bit less. Right, well, let's get the thoughts of a Conservative MP. He's a former uh, trade minister uh, many moons ago. There was some talk that he would actually get a job in this new government. And uh, let's talk to Sir John Redwood. Good morning to you, Sir John. Morning, Judah. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, um, first of all, I mean, let's just start with, as I want to get your thoughts on the 45p tax rate decision, just in terms of whether that was the decision to, go, you know, basically to backtrack on that abolition and to keep the 45p tax rate for the highest earners. Um, do you think that the decision to, to U-turn on that was the right one politically, economically? How damaging has it been? Well, it's pretty damaging and it's a pity they got themselves into that position. Uh, the 45p tax rate cut was not on my list of suggestions to them uh, on tax cuts that would be good to do. Fuel uh, instead of the 45p uh, tax rate cut. Uh, but I was very pleased with the national insurance uh, and the corporation tax, which I thought were absolutely right. But once you've made a decision like that, um, there are no good options going forward uh, if you encounter a lot of opposition. Um, so it's difficult to praise the U-turn uh, because it's clearly weakened their position. And there's no doubt at all we are seeing that today. The next battle has begun, and this is over, as we just said, uh, universal credit and other benefits and whether or not they're going to be uplifted in line with inflation. Now, lots of people's wages in this country are not going up in line with inflation, yeah. which is around the 10% mark, uh, set to peak, we think, uh, this or next month, and then go down, hopefully. And certainly the energy uh, price cap uh, for households and for business will help uh, do that. But we are looking at uh, an awful lot of people, whether they work or not, not actually yeah seeing a real terms increase or even real terms staying steady in terms of their wage relative to the cost of living. Um, should people on benefits, let's face it, the lowest income people in this country, should they see an uplift in line with inflation as it is right now? Well, I think it's most important that they control public spending better as well as the tax cuts and as well as the supply side measures. Uh, but I've uh, produce some suggestions on things you could spend less on, and they do not include uh, any such treatment on benefits. I think you have to be very careful about the, uh, the benefit provision. It's very important that people have enough money to pay their high energy bills and their food bills uh, and their, their living costs. Uh, and so you would need to look very carefully at what you were recommending if you were departing from the normal idea that you increase it in line with inflation. I mean, lots of people would view you as, you know, very much on the right of the party, a, a Thatcherite, sort of small government, low tax uh, uh, and low spend uh, uh, Tory. And yet you're saying, actually, you would be seeing, if it were up to you, if you were having your advice taken by the government, uh, you would actually be expecting benefits to go up in line with inflation then? Yes, I think the, the normal and easiest course for them is to put them up in line with inflation. Uh, if it's going to be the case at the point where they make the decision that the inflation rate is particularly overextended and is going to come down quite quickly afterwards, and if they are sure uh, that people will have enough money to pay their bills, that's a different matter. But they've then got to be prepared to make that case. And we've just seen that they did not make the case for the 
the lower rate of top tax, although there is a perfectly good case in terms of international competitiveness, attracting talent, attracting investment. Uh, but if you don't get enough people on side for that sort of case, you can't do that thing. And I think they'll find the row will be even bigger on the benefits, uh, because a lot of us feel that people on very low incomes uh, should be properly looked after at a time of rising prices. And, of course, it'll all be seen in the context of the 45p tax cut, which, even though they've U-turned on, is still there, you know, but you still wanted to cut tax for the highest earners on 150 grand plus. And that message is going to be, I mean, uh, driven home by, by Keir Starmer and the Labour Party, where, who, of course, are still riding very high in the polls. It wasn't just a blip the other week, that 33-point uh, lead. We've seen plenty of, you know, 20-point, 25-point, 17-point, you know, routinely these sort of leads uh, for the Labour Party. What, what do you think that Liz Truss can do to kill that lead off the Labour Party and actually get the, uh, well, try and, try and have a little bit of the honeymoon you would normally expect for a new leader? Well, I mean, what will change all of that uh, and will win us the election uh, is proving that they have an economic plan uh, which turns the economy around, avoids a long and deep recession which we and other countries are otherwise heading for and ends up in a couple of years' time with people visibly better off. If all that works, uh, then I have no problem with the election. So I, my advice to the Prime Minister is to ignore the, the current noise as much as possible. Obviously, you have to do a bit of day-to-day -day management, but to concentrate on that long-term e long economic plan. And there are many more bits that need to be put into it to see off that recession and to ensure that people are prosperous in two years' time. Um, yes, you need to control public spending, and they've got to demonstrate how they're doing that and which areas uh, are going to be squeezed because they can be squeezed. Uh, they need to demonstrate how these tax cuts and maybe other tax cuts in due course are going to help propel growth. They need to have all their supply-side measures, but above all, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, when he has all these conversations he tells us about with the Governor of the Bank of England, uh, has to make sure that their joint policy of how much money you print and how many bonds you buy and sell is going to work because we've just had a disastrous period uh, when the money supply was ballooned too much and we've got a big inflation. We're now in danger of having the reverse problem and I think the most important issue which nobody seems to be talking about is how does the Bank of England get itself out of it, its problem uh, because mm. it's currently having to prop the gilt edge market at considerable expense and we don't want them doing that but nor do we want them so terrifying the gilt market that you have mortgage rates at 6% plus. And yeah, that's the most oh, critical thing which will determine how the future election goes, in my view. So uh, my advice to the Chancellor is concentrate on getting the money supply and the counterinflation policy sorted out to the extent that you are allowed to do so because parts of the policy are joint Chancellor and Bank of England. Mm. But of course, the Bank of England said they would carry on bailing out for two weeks and, and, and not continuing after that. We, we shall see. Uh, you mentioned well, about, you know, what areas can. To them, what happens yes, after exactly. two weeks? Yeah, yeah but, but uh, can I, I ask mean, you it all looks fine the areas at the that moment can... because they're propping it all. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Uh, let me get to another. We've just got a few more moments. I want to ask you, you mentioned yeah. the areas that can be squeezed in terms of government spending. If you're saying, OK, you wouldn't be cutting um, effectively a real terms cut in terms of uh, benefits. Uh, we've also seen you know, the, the triple lock for pensions. That's going up. Um, we, I mean, we're looking at a huge extra cost for whether it's the NHS, whether it's um, schools, whether it's any other department at all, big spending, um, where where you are looking in, in defence, defence going up to 3% of GDP, but also just the huge extra day-to-day -day costs of 
of higher wages, of the higher energy costs. Even with caps, we are still seeing huge extra uh, costs for people in terms of energy and all of their general day-to-day -day expenditure. That affects businesses, government, charities, any organisation as much as it does homes. Um, how on earth can the government find spending cuts at a time when actually real terms under the three-year spending review, virtually every government department will already be seeing up to 10% cuts in terms of their real, uh, real ability to spend? There's lots of detail about department by department, but let me give one example which is in the news this morning. Uh, we have to stop 30,000, 40,000 plus people coming in every year and putting them up in hotels. That is an enormous bill. I think they These also the need migrants, to look at the yeah. number of people that are still coming in uh, legally uh, for uh, low-end jobs at low rates of pay because then there's a very big public sector cost in terms of the extra health provision, the extra educational provision, and above all, the extra housing position. Uh, if you invite too many people in who, who can't afford to pay for all their own capital, uh, who don't send their children to private schools and can't just afford to buy a house, that's on, a lot of that is on the state. And I think turning off some of those growth factors in public expenditure in services we want to be well financed would be very helpful to the health service and to the education service. OK, really interesting to talk to you. A lot to cover. We could carry on for the hour. There's so much to talk about. Sir John Redwood, I appreciate you you're taking the time to talk to us here at Conservative Party Congress. Let me bring Ali Mirage in on some of that. Um, interesting that even someone on the right of the party, uh, you know, a small government Tory like John Redwood, is saying that actually you really can't at this time not upgrade benefits in line with inflation. But he's also another big red button point, uh, cutting immigration. And this is some of the Swella Bravham and the Home Secretary is going to announce plans today for a new law barring channel migrants from being, able to allow, being allowed to claim asylum in Britain as a blanket ban. Um, that's, I mean, that's going to be very popular with Tory party faithful here in Birmingham, isn't it? But, but, but what do you make of, of those two different uh, uh, sort of moves? Well, it's very interesting. I mean, the big slogan, Julia, at this conference is get Britain moving. And you do wonder slightly what, what the party's been doing for the last 12 years, because it has been in government. And you now see 33,000 migrants have come across the channel uh, so-called uh, asylum seekers, and we know that some people abuse that. There are some genuine people, but a lot of people uh, abuse the system. But the point that John Redwood made there about you need to have higher skilled workers coming in that can basically support themselves, that's all very well. But then there was some other reporting going on a couple of uh, days ago saying that we do need agricultural fruit pickers, we do need people working in restaurants. Uh, and if We do have five million people who don't really yeah, do any work at all in this country who are perfectly able-bodied and of working age. Well, the, the, po the point was, uh, if you cast your mind back to that whole EU referendum, the Brexit debate, there were two visions of it. One was that you would actually reduce immigration and have a higher, higher wages. The other one was Singapore on Thames, open Open immigration. It seems to me that the government's going down the latter route, which is going to prove very unpopular. I thought, I I thought the whole it. point actually was that we get to decide who comes here and they should be a benefit to this country rather than it be about a benefit to other people. But, you know, different debates there. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.